Grace to you in peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Today we're celebrating Christ the King Sunday. We're at the end of the church year. And I've heard some people say to me, well, what is this all about? And before I get into my sermon, I just want to share a little bit. I know I've done this in the past, but some of you might not have heard it, about the church year and what we look at in the church year. I heard a a joke recently about a pastor who every Sunday got up into the pulpit and every time he was speaking about baptism, 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 And finally, the leadership said, you know, we need to have some difference here. So they got together and they decided what they would do is they went to the pastor and they said, you know, you're such a great preacher. We bet that we could give you a verse to preach on right before you stepped up into the pulpit and you could preach a sermon on it just like that. And he said, sure I can. So they they thought about it. They prayed about it. Sunday morning came and they handed him the slip of paper and on it was Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he stepped up into the pulpit and he read the verse and he looked and he said, you know, that reminds me that the earth is covered with 70% water, which brings me to the topic for today, baptism. (laughs) Now, I didn't just tell you that story to get a laugh out of you. It really has a purpose, you know. We have a tendency as human beings to want to go back to what is familiar. And one of the dangers in the church can be that we look at the same thing over and over and over again and don't look at the full picture. So throughout the centuries, the church developed this church year to kind of get us to look at everything over the whole year. And we start that, we'll start next week on Sunday, the four weeks before Christmas in anticipation, we call it Advent, for our Christmas celebration. We're getting ready for Christmas. As you're doing in your homes, you're getting ready, you're preparing for that. So we prepare in the church. So next Sunday is New Year's in the church, okay? And then we go into Christmas celebration For 12 days, we celebrate Epiphany, the revelation of Jesus. We talk about his his death, his uh, death on the cross, and then Easter, his ascension into heaven. And you see, we kind of divide it up into half the year is the story of Jesus, and half the year is the story of God's people. So we're looking at all the, the, uh, how we need to be the people of God for the second half. Now, this was developed over many centuries, and there's nothing sacred about this, but it's a good tool that we use. And we finish up the church year looking at all of these things with the Sunday that we call Christ the King, remembering how we put all of this together because Jesus is our King. Throughout the Old Testament, God had promised to send a deliverer, a savior, in Hebrew, a Messiah. And if you were Jewish at the time of Jesus, everybody was waiting and looking for that Savior. Every woman hoped that her child would be that promised deliverer. No wonder the wise men come asking, where is the king of the Jews? No wonder Pilate asked 
Jesus because he's hearing it from all of the people around him. Are you a king? And then Jesus answers him in John 18. You are right in saying I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. And everyone on the side of truth listens to me. But Jesus wasn't the king, wasn't the savior, wasn't the Messiah they were expecting. They wanted a military leader. They wanted someone who was going to get rid of the Romans from their territory. But Jesus responds to Pilate. He says, my kingdom is not like the kingdoms of the world. You see, a worldly kingdom is about power and might. A worldly kingdom is where celebrities and wealth is worshipped. It's a kingdom where self comes first. It's a kingdom where people seek attention and fame. But Jesus made it clear throughout his ministry that this was not what the kingdom of God is about. Then, then what is this kingdom that Jesus is king of? What is this kingdom that Jesus is talking about? What does it look like? Well, first of all, the kingdom of Jesus is about how you live, not where you live. Now, we're very blessed to live in a country where we can freely worship, but we are still called to live according to God's will. We are part of the kingdom of America, if I could use that, but we're also dedicated to the kingdom of God. And that kingdom of God transcends all other kingdoms. Jesus said, indeed, there are those who are last who will be first. It's not about power and might. It's how we live, and the first will be last. That's quoted twice in Matthew, once in Mark, once in Luke. It was very important. In effect, what Jesus is saying, that it's not a matter of power and might. It's about honoring God and treating others the proper way. Secondly, the kingdom of God is a place to serve. Jesus said about himself, the Son of Man did not come to be served. Every time I read that, I'm always just thrown off for a minute because I think Jesus gave up all the glories of heaven to be born into this world. Certainly, he was somebody who should have been served. He was someone who deserved that. And yet, that was not his purpose. He didn't come to be served. He came to give his life as a ransom for many. Well, that's all good for Jesus, but what about you and I? In Revelations, we read, Jesus had made us, you and I, to be a kingdom and priests to serve God and Father. We are here to serve God and serve others. And by doing that, we bring glory and power forever and ever. Amen? Amen. That's not the end of the sermon. <laughs> I just threw that in. Just keep you awake. Ah. The third thing about this kingdom of heaven is we enter not by force, but by grace. You see, earthly kingdoms often use force to get people to listen to them. Jesus came as that different king. 
and kings throughout history ruled by might. But God does not force anyone into the kingdom. He offers a citizenship in heaven freely by his grace. Ephesians says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from ourselves. It is a gift of God. And finally, the kingdom of God is about truth. You know, you and I live in a world of he said, she said. And often the truth is not there or it's somewhere else. Uh, if, you hard, if you find that hard to believe, listen to two different news channels one night. And you hear two different stories all the time. Very unique. But I think what we need to ask ourselves is what is the truth about Jesus and about God and his kingdom? Is Jesus God? Is he the one who can remove our guilt before a righteous and eternal judge? Is Jesus the one who can free us from the fear of death? Is he the one who can offer eternal life beyond the grave? We live in a society where people say, well, God is a God of love, and he's going to forgive everything. But then the truth is not in them. Because they say, God will never judge me no matter what I do. And people fool themselves into believing a holy God will accept them even if they act unholy. That's not the truth. The truth is this. The wages of sin is death. Every human being dies. Let's be honest. We don't like it. But it's part of the world we live in. Is there any hope? Yes. Here is the truth. The wages of sin is death. Why don't you say the rest with me? But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, the heart of Christianity points us to the truth that even though the wages of sin is death. We still have that gift through Christ Jesus of eternal life. He is the Savior. The heart of Christianity points us to Jesus as a Savior because he bought us back. He paid for our sins. He redeemed us by his very blood. Acts 20 says, Be shepherds of the church of God, which Jesus bought. Jesus bought the church with his own blood. That's why he's king. The truth is, by the blood of Jesus, we're no longer separated from God by sin. We're no separated by the law or the rules. The barriers have been removed between us and God and one another. I think in Colossians, it states that truth about Jesus this way. The Son is the image of of the invisible God. We know what this invisible Father God is by the life of Jesus. 
He's the firstborn over all creation. Where Adam sinned and brought sin into this world, Jesus brought redemption and forgiveness. That's why he's king. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So the Son shed that blood to bring us into his kingdom. So that's why today, as we finish up this church year, we honor Christ as our King. And we remember He was a Savior who died for us to bring us into a right relationship with God and brings us into His kingdom through grace so that we can live our lives now in service to God and in service to one another. That's the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen? Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen.